You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is oh so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. We've said goodbye to 2020, thankfully. But the question is, how do you make the most of this year and get your money working for you? Well, Christine DeGangi, Editorial Director of The Balance, shares tips for getting back on track in 2021 and how you can build a financial plan that works for you. Now that's what I'm talking about. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Come to Game where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. Let's see. Last year brought us a global pandemic, shuttered many businesses. We developed a true work-at-home culture, which some like and some don't. Lines at the food bank were hours long. We couldn't see friends and relatives like we enjoyed doing. Forget about vacations abroad, and of course, politically... Well, let's just say we've been through a lot. But there were also good things like social activism on the rise, people speaking up about injustice. The stock market was booming. Many people have developed online businesses that are kicking some serious butt. And 
maybe, just maybe, you even realized a few good things about yourself last year. I know I certainly did for me. So I don't want to give you this whole new year, new you spiel. You've been through a lot, and I really want to honor just making it through last year. But just because we made it through, there's also no reason not to try to make the best of this year and really start getting things back on track financially. Maybe you didn't save any money last year, you didn't start investing, or you lost your job, or you got in debt. It's all okay. It's just all okay. So let's start right where we're at. And as Christine says in this episode, it's never too late to make one step towards getting your money back on track. I'll let her share more in this episode. Here we go. It's probably an understatement to say that 2020 threw us all a pretty big curveball. I can remember January 2020. I I would have no idea that (laughs) the year would evolve the way it did. And I think a lot of us feel a lot of mixed emotions, shock, um, fear, stress, all sorts of things rolling out of 2020. But we're here to talk about 2021 and how we move forward. But before we do that, I'm just curious, you know, what do you think are some of the biggest money takeaways from, from 2020? I think what 2020 showed everybody is that there's so little that we can control. And we really don't know what what's going to happen ever. Uh, so it's important to plan for the best and don't get too caught up in in what you can't control just because it can be so stressful and have such a <laughs> such a weight on you feeling like you need to somehow be okay when the world is not. So as far as your finances go, I think what 2020 has shown us is that you should save what you can when you can. I know emergency funds are not sexy, but having a little bit to fall back on can really reduce your stress and something that you just don't have to think about if things get dire. And I think it's also uh, emphasized how important it is to have a plan for what and where to cut if the worst happens. So you don't have to make those decisions when you're in crisis. I know I personally have just in a spreadsheet, like things I get rid of immediately if I lose my job. And that way I just know that it's, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to have the waste my mental energy when there's already so much going on. I just know, okay, this is what has to go and that will make things easier. It really, I mean, it depends, you know, your situation, you might already be living pretty lean, but it still, it still helps to go through and be like, what would I have to cut to make sure that I could pay my bills and eat? Yeah, I think it's also uh, really empowering, like if we take a positive spin on doing that, because you can really show yourself, like, in worst case scenario, here is how I can live and operate. And then when times are better, okay, I can maybe add a few things in, but I have this like foundation starting point. And I think that's really empowering to do. I think so many things around money are are stressful and dread and feel like a chore, but doing exercises like that, I I would imagine that having that spreadsheet probably just makes you feel better. Yeah. And I say spreadsheet, but this is nothing fancy. It (laughs) might as well be a post-it note. It's not, it just happens to be in a spreadsheet, but it's not using formulas or anything. It's it's a list, you know, and it's something that you can go back to. And when you, you you know, thinking of (laughs) when you're, Right now, say things are, you know, 
they are what they are. The world is what it is, but like maybe things are okay for you now. Protect your future self, the self that you know is going to have bad times and think of that person and try and try and protect them a little bit by doing some of the work now when you're not totally overwhelmed. I think that's such great advice. I think I'm not sure where it it was. Was it on CNN? I'm not sure. I read so many different articles every day. But there was an article I read yesterday about um someone in their early 30s who got laid off in 2020, like a lot of people did. And they figured out how to really reduce things down and live comfortably on I believe it was like $50 a week and she said that after doing that, what she realized was, to, to use my earlier word, how empowering it was for her that she could still have a really good quality of life on a relatively small amount of money that she never thought she could really operate on. So I think some of those exercises are great. Even if you're sitting now in 2021 and your money situation is looking good, it, like you said, it's just it's comforting to know that's there. Absolutely. And it's it doesn't need to all be disaster prep and doom and gloom. I think the this is my favorite time of year. This is the time that everyone is naturally reevaluating things and looking ahead and things seem bright and exciting, even even if they're they're not, but it's just that's just what January <laughs> does for us. And even if you're not worried about losing your job or don't have a ton of debt to tackle, it's still a worthwhile exercise to take stock of where you're at and what you spend your money on and how you might want to change things. Because you might think you know how all of that's going, but if you haven't taken a hard look at it in a while, you might be surprised. Yes, yeah, such great advice. Well, okay, we're gonna put we're gonna put twenty twenty to rest. <laughs> so looking sounds great, right? Right, <laughs> sounds great. We're all on board for that. So, you, I think I wrote out a check, or actually wrote a check, which sounds really archaic, but I wrote a check the other day and I put twenty twenty one, and it was like the weirdest feeling to actually write out those those. <laughs> looking forward this year, what do you think are some of the overall money? F- themes on on how to get back on track this year. What are, you know, we already talked about emergency funds and, and knowing kind of you know, that foundation number, but what do you think are some of the, the themes that should emerge or that will emerge this year to help people get back on track? I think something that emerged, and sorry to mention 2020 again, but something that emerged a lot last year was this urgency to take care of yourself and be kind to yourself. And that is absolutely here to stay. Just remember to be kind to yourself. Like there was so much stress that happened last year, so much you couldn't control. And that's not necessarily going to change just because we're writing a different number on our checks or whatever. So as you set your money goals for the future, remember that you're going to make mistakes and you're going to have setbacks and you should make space to take care of yourself when that happens. Don't be so hard on yourself and allow yourself to realize that you're not perfect, even though you can control what you do. Like There is no such thing as perfection and you should just remember like what is important to taking care of yourself, whether that's going for a walk or just taking deep breaths. I know those things like seem maybe trivial, but not everything has to come down to, am I 
am I budgeting right? Am I making sure I'm avoiding debt? Am I making sure I'm saving enough for retirement? Like those things will be there for you once you've had time to collect yourself and do something that really makes you feel good. I think that some people think about getting back on track as making severe cuts and having to be really harsh. And I need to get out of debt this year and I need to start saving for retirement and I need to stop spending so much on X, Y, and Z. But that that can take a mental toll on your happiness. You need to invest in your happiness too. And invest doesn't need to be spending a ton of money, but it needs to recognize that setting realistic goals for yourself as you try and get back on track is really important to long-term success. I really like that because even for myself, uh, I know that last year and rolling into this year really was a self-care focus. And I think that there there's power in give your, giving yourself permission, like you say, to not hit all those major goals and also to, to just ease off the gas pedal. I think we get so focused on we've got to buy the house and we got to pay off our debt and we got to put all the money in retirement and all of these things around money. And if we don't do those, we feel like we're failing somehow. But giving yourself that permission to just breathe a little bit. And uh, you mentioned goals for this year. I'm curious, when we're looking at setting goals this year, should we frame them more in that uh, state of mind of of making these goals things that are attainable, things that aren't around maybe big money moves, but maybe are around small things just to, like you say, ease ourselves into the year? Yeah. Something that I'm really doing for myself this year is thinking about bite-sized goals. And that's from just the work that I have to do to uh, you know any other personal goals I have and also my financial goals because we think we dream you know and that's a great thing um, thinking about the house and the amount of money that we want to save or invest or you know even a, a similar sort of theme of like being healthier eating better or um, just spending time doing meditation or something like that but when you set these grand dreams, they can become really daunting, especially if you have a lot of them. And it's great to have all of those big ideas. Something I like to do is like write down the big goal and all of them the list and just don't let yourself be um, inhibited by reality. And then right. pick one that sounds really exciting and think about, okay, what is something I can actually do this week to do to make progress toward that? And that might just be I'm going to set up a recurring transfer for maybe a very small amount of money, but every week I'm going to put transfer 20 bucks into a brokerage account and um, you know see where that takes me. And if you have that 20 bucks, that's going to add up over time. It's not necessarily going to make you rich, but it's going to get you in the habit of doing something and you can feel good about that. I, I like I like the idea of small bite-sized attainable goals. I think that that is I think that's what we need all the time. But somehow we get out of that that cycle and we get back in the the frenzy of life. And I know that um, so many people were laid off or furloughed. You probably know a bunch of people who were as well last year. Mm-hmm. I certainly do myself, or even people that just suffered a pay cut. I know there were a lot of companies who cut pay because, oddly enough, people were working from home and somehow that was a reason to cut pay. But whatever the situation is, so many people are in that that place. What sort of money steps do you think 
you should focus on when you're in that place of just literally trying to to make rent, pay the bills, you know, how, how do you how do you frame things up so that you can move forward from that place? That's not an easy place to be and I will not pretend to have all of the answers, but I will go back to something that I said earlier about knowing where your money is going and this applies to everyone whether you have suffered a pay cut or a job loss or you haven't. Just because it is really important to know mathematically, like where the money is going. You might have an idea, but you might be surprised when you 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 know plug your spending into a budgeting app or go through your bank statements and like list things out in a spreadsheet and say, okay, this is dining out and this is just for fun, or this is a bill that yeah, I have to pay every month, but that is you know, I may count that as like money I can't touch, but that is still, you have to know where it's going. And, you know, if you're, if you are in a place in your life where this pay cut has come and you can look back on a time where maybe you made a similar amount of money, or maybe you even made less, you can try and think about, okay, what, what did I do when that was my reality? Just because you've been away Mm -hmm. from that for so long, it might help to remember that time when that that wasn't a pay cut. That was just, that was life. And you can think about where, where the money was spent then. Um, but it is really tough because like facing a job loss or a pay cut, you might have already gone through all of those things and still feel like you're coming up short and, and that's really hard. And, um, you're just going to have to look at your own situation and think of what you can do. Ask for help if you can. Uh, and other than that, just, yeah, I, I'm at a loss just for so many people. Cause like some people really are struggling and it's like, there aren't, there aren't great answers for everyone. And, and I know that. Yeah. And, and I think also, um, I think what we're trying to cultivate in this episode too is is a, a shame free zone. I know a lot of friends who have either had to move back with parents or with uh, maybe a brother or sister, or turn to their credit cards or take money out of their four hundred one k. You know, all options that nobody really wants to take, right? And they feel really fill in the blank with whatever adjective you want about having to do that and make those decisions. And we're, we're so focused on being debt-free, debt-free, debt-free. And I think when people have situations like a 2020 and they have to move into debt, then it's, it's like a, a double dose of fear and shame kind of all piled up. And so I think it's really great also just like what you were saying that, that sometimes you have to turn to options that maybe you don't want to or aren't as as fantastic money wise but but it's okay and that most of us have to make some sort of decision along the way and and that's okay the weather is getting warmer i'm so excited and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 
50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. 
I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time or just relax to a good book, Listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into The Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to The Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. We have an Ask Shauna, and this one comes from Ariana. Ariana says, so I'm currently enrolled in my first year at university and trying to plan out my financial future. By the way, Ariana, that's pretty amazing. (laughs) She says, I was lucky to get my associates in science at no cost to me in high school and am luckily able to cover all my housing and school fees with my financial aid. I currently have an established emergency fund, cashback savings account, and a 401k through my past part-time job. I'm unsure about where to go now. I feel as though I've established the basics, but I'm unsure on how I should take it if these new financial steps, such as opening a credit card or taking steps to start minor investing endeavors. I will be working part-time and should be able to put a decent amount of money aside during this period. What do you think my next steps should be as a complete newbie to the financial world? Well, Ariana, first, let me just tell you, you do not sound like a complete newbie, right? You've got so many things covered. To have this much together during your first year at university is really spectacular. So I want you to just sit and uh, thank yourself for being in this position It's great. And if you can keep carrying this through, you are going to be in just amazing shape. Um, And there's so many different things, I think, to think about. And I want to applaud you again on asking this question, because I think that comes from a place of curiosity and wanting to know, you know, what is the right steps to take from here? And unfortunately, there isn't an exact right step. I think you're, you're thinking again about this really well. I think First, what I would do is start with something that feels a little bit maybe odd, but start with some visioning. So take some time to think about what do you want your life to look like post school or even the next few years in school? Do you want to own a home after college? Do you want to travel abroad? Do you expect a steady paycheck in the career that you're going into? 
what field are you going to go into? What are the sort of salary expectations? What are some of your personal and professional goals? Those are just a few questions that you can use as your guide. And I don't want you to worry about the fact that you don't know a lot of these answers right now, because we all, no matter what age or what position in life we're in, we need to be asking ourselves those same questions. And we don't know the answers to those questions either. So don't let that stop you. But I really want you to just get in this like dreamlike, childlike kind of uh, place and, and think about, write out, draw out, whatever is your process, what your ideal vision looks like. Because what you do then is take that vision and let it drive what you're going to do next with your money. And so I could throw out a lot of different things t- to think about, but I really want you to honor what you want your life to look like, because that's going to be different for all of us. For instance, if you said, I want to take a year off after school and I want to travel, well, that's going to require different savings and financial goals than somebody says, I want to buy a house or I just want to rent an apartment and I really want to stack my finances up and save as much as I can, invest as much as I can, whatever that might be. So I really want you to just start there and think about that. Uh, A couple of financial things to think about. I know you mentioned that you had a 401k. Do you currently have an IRA or a Roth IRA or 401k that you can contribute to? I would definitely suggest if you're going to have some extra cash from your job, put some money into that. You don't have to save up to the max amount, but any any extra amount that you can start contributing towards investing at your young age is going to be um, mathematically in your favor. And you're going to be so thankful that you took these steps. So I would definitely start there. Building credit, you mentioned building credit is super key. Check your credit score if you haven't already. There are so many great apps that you can use to check your credit score, or you can go to myfico.com. That's my personal favorite. It does cost you money to check your score and get your credit report, but I've found it to be the most accurate. So it gives you like a really good baseline. But I would say if you don't have a credit card, maybe think about opening a credit card, but use it like a debit card, meaning charge 20 bucks or 25 bucks a month at Starbucks or whatever it might be. Maybe it's your groceries or uh, your shopping, target runs, whatever, whatever is your fancy thing <laughs> and pay it off every single month. So you're building your credit, but you don't have any of the interest, the negative interest in your factor. And if you start using your credit that way early on, you're really going to cultivate this habit of utilizing credit in that way. So uh, the goal is, of course, that you won't end up getting into debt. Or maybe think about some separate savings accounts like a fun fund. You can use that money for anything that you want or a travel fund or I'm saving for my first house fund. Label them whatever excites you and start putting some cash into those couple of buckets. Because building wealth is really about the idea of building buckets, right? We want buckets of money in lots of different places, and then we've got to cover some of our risk, but that's for you to worry about a little bit later on. I would just start now with cultivating a couple extra buckets of money, and that's really going to help you continue to build the super strong financial base. So Ariana, congrats. You're off to an amazing start. Just keep going.
And listen, if you haven't asked Sean a question like Ariana, you can head right over to the show notes. There is a link. You can go directly and ask me a question. You can even keep your name anonymous. I don't have to read your name at all. But I'm sure if you've got a question, that means somebody else has got that question as well. Yeah, there there are low points and you don't need to smile through it all. Um, you're, there are going to be dark times and I hope that they're as survivable as possible. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a matter of like, you don't even, you don't need to survive the quote unquote right way. Like figuring out a way to make things work, I think is, um, like you shouldn't necessarily let somebody tell you how you have to do it. If that's just like what you're dealing with, you know, for people Mm -hmm. whose situation isn't as dire, then I think there are clearer cut steps like, you know, budgeting and renegotiating certain bills you might have, or continuing to look for places to cut or asking for help from people who, you know, can give it to you. Although I would say like, asking for help. I, I know a lot of people struggle with, and, um, sometimes people will turn to debt before asking for help and then totally. end up, end up asking for help two years later anyway. So, um, and it's really hard to be vulnerable and put yourself out there like that, but you, people might surprise you too. Don't, don't suffer alone just because you feel like you're being irresponsible or like ashamed or something like that. Just hopefully you have people around you who can support you. Yeah. That's such a great message. Um, I'm curious because I know you are so passionate about this. You're, as I mentioned in the intro, executive uh, editorial director of, of the balance, and you've spent most of your career in financial education. What, uh, what drew you to, to writing about, about money? (laughs) So that just happened to be the job that was available at the time. I, um, I, I've always said that I would have been a teacher if I had patience for children. I don't dislike children. I'm just, I'm just not good at it. I think it's because I'm a youngest. I never, and I was not a very good babysitter when I was a kid. I have all of my best friends are teachers, which is just funny because I, I can't imagine wielding power over tiny humans like that. But, um. I really had a passion for education. And so knowing that teaching probably wasn't for me, I was really interested in helping people learn. And I always saw writing and journalism as a way to do that. And so that's really where where I was going with, with my career and just happened to be looking for a job when a former mentor or a mentor of mine who was working in personal finance uh, journalism just had a writing position open and I was nervous because it's not something that I had ever thought about beyond just, you know, very simple managing of my own money. And at that point, I, it was very, <laughs> we're talking about just like very straight budgeting, nothing complicated at all. And that, that was not taking up a ton of, <laughs> ton of my brain space, but she was like, you know, try it. And I was happy to do that. And I fell in love with it just because it really was that mix of being able to help people learn things that are really important in a way that 
I really enjoyed. I, I love writing. And even though I don't write as much anymore as an editor and editorial director, I still very much get to work with writers and deciding what we are going to, to write about and focus on. And it's so important, this stuff that we don't cover in school. I mean, I learned, I think, how to write a check in school through junior achievement, um, which that's not part of regular curriculum. That was just like a thing that I know some schools bring in. Um, I was fortunate enough to have very good role models in my parents teaching me to be good with money. My mom's an accountant, so she was very good about being on me with that. But um, not everybody's that lucky. And there are so many things that you learn the hard way. And I've been fortunate to not learn any too difficult lessons <laughs> through experience. A lot of it has <laughs> been um, little mistakes here and there, you know, a missed payment or um, not realizing, you know, how interest works exactly, but, you know, figuring it out soon enough that it wasn't disastrous. But so many other people don't have those experiences. And I wanted to do everything I could to make sure that people didn't have to learn the hard way. Yeah, that's so good. Uh, and of course, I don't want you to give anything away, but are there any like specific themes that you guys are focused on this year when it comes to money? Yeah, I. Th- so going back to that sort of bite-sized goals approach, we have this series right now that um, we're calling New Year, New Money, but it's uh, 20 tips, things that you can do in 30 minutes or less to make um, an improvement on your financial life. And we're, you know, aligning the series with the new year, but it really applies throughout the year. And it's, it's even just things as like, as simple as just knowing what all of your accounts are, just like put a list together. And that's all you have to do for one day is just, do you know what all of these things you're responsible for? Okay, great. Um, and breaking things into those really attainable goals. That's something that we're doing. We're also doing this series that I'm excited about um, that's starting up actually. Um, I don't know when this is going to run, but we're starting it in January um, called our Rule of Thumb series. And it just explains financial rules of thumb, where they come from and when to follow them and when not to. Just like kind of getting into like, where does where does all this age old advice come from? Like who made this up and why is this something that people say I should do? And should I even listen to them? And turns out there were a lot of financial rules of thumb. Like we started digging into it. We were like, Oh yeah, there's like 10. No, there's dozens. (laughs) So we're going to be um, putting those out weekly um, for the foreseeable future. Every time that we think we've exhausted the list, we keep thinking of more and it's just, I, I think it's a fun way to to revisit something that, of course, people have talked about a lot. But um, sometimes I think people just kind of take best practices and are like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And we wanted to give it a little bit of a second thought and say, okay, do you actually need to follow the best practices? Who came up with these best practices? It's important that you uh, that you feel that sense of knowledge and ownership over how you decide to run your financial life. I think that's so cool. I can't wait to read that because you're right. There are specifically with money, I think because we don't learn about this in school, there are all of these uh, rules of thumb, if you will, just floating around out there. And somehow we just 
tend to like a magnet, uh, you know, stick to some of these. And then there's that moment of saying, well, is this really right? Is this right for me? Is this, and who actually made this rule of thumb? And so I think that's just like really fascinating to, to dig down and, and, and figure those out and find out whether those actually do still apply. Yeah. And it's, I mean, in a sense, it's all kind of made up anyway. So yeah, these things have been, have been, (laughs) people have practiced these uh, approaches and have had good results and things like that. But um, there, there is no, it's not science. Like it's like, it doesn't break if you don't do it this particular way. Um, And so they're all just guiding principles and that's part of what makes finances your your personal finances so frustrating is that like yes it is money and it you know there's a finite amount and you only have so much to to work with on a monthly or weekly basis but at the same time there is no right way to allocate those dollars um and so it is a mix of you know experimenting and emotion plays a huge part in your finances. And that's something that I'm, I'm always harping on because yeah, there's this, this rule, this best practice, but if we all made logical decisions based on how the math works, would we be in debt? Probably not. And would we make mistakes as far as what we spend our money on? Probably not. The reason that we make those mistakes and have to reevaluate things constantly is because we spend with our feelings and that's not something to be like ashamed of or try and suppress. It's just, it's something to accept and recognize. That's a mic drop statement. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. I speak about mindset all the time. My listeners are probably a little bit tired of hearing about it, but it, the emotions, the mindset, all of that is so critically important. And we have talked about so much on this episode. This is this has been um, one of my favorites. I I'm just, I'm so glad I've had so much. Yeah, fun. I'm just curious. So, thinking about like kind of wrapping up everything we've talked about, if we are going to focus on getting 2021 back on track, what would you say are maybe like our top two or three things that we should we should really dive into right away? The first thing I would do is try and connect with that emotion that drives your financial decisions. Um, something that I know, like I personally have done with my husband, we talk about, okay, this is how we spend our money. And yeah, maybe we spend a lot in this one area, but why do we do that? And something that we really, really love is our relationship with our friends and making sure that we have opportunities to connect with them. And even in this time where things that we would normally do, like maybe go out to dinner or go to an event, that's not happening. But um, we have still found ways to, to connect with them. And, and that's still reflected in our spending, whether it's something like, let's do a small virtual gift exchange, or let's buy this, this game set that we can play virtually. Um, and understanding that that's not an area that we want to cut, cut back. That's so important to us. That makes us so happy that we can cut back in other ways. Like we have, we initially, you know, spent a lot on takeout earlier in, in the year. And then we decided, you know, I, let's cut back on that a little bit so that we can invest in these other things that actually make us a lot happier. And 
I also don't want that to be misconstrued as a cut takeout thing because if takeout makes you really happy and you can do it, do it. I, absolutely. Um, so going back to the initial point, recognize what makes you happy and do your best to protect your the money that you have set aside for that. And you can always make drastic cuts if if you need to, but there is a lot to be said for cutting from the things that don't make you as happy and protecting the things that do because you're going to be a much more motivated individual if you're not constantly feeling like you're depriving yourself of the things that that bring you joy. Well, Christine, tell the listeners where they can go to read all these amazing articles you've talked about on The Balance and where they could connect with you. Sure. So The Balance is pretty simple, thebalance.com. And we are on the major social media networks, particularly you'll find us on Instagram and Twitter. And I think our, you know, our homepage, thebalance.com is a great place just to visit. We make sure that that's updated and reflecting the most important things of the day. Um, and I personally am also on Twitter at writing bikes, kind of a pun, I guess, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's because I am a writer and I like riding bikes. Um, and you will find a lot of personal finance content there as well. And the occasional dog photo. There is so much that I loved in this episode, but I think my biggest takeaway is that there isn't one way to get back on track. And maybe that's What's so hard about getting back on track is because there isn't one right place to start. But I think as Christine so eloquently said in this episode, just pick one place. Start there without loading a whole lot of pressure on yourself. And that is actually the best first step (laughs) towards getting your money back on track. So thank you so much for listening to this episode I literally couldn't do this podcast without you. You are the reason that I show up twice a week. And I so hope that you enjoy these episodes, that you get something really practical out of them. If you love this episode, do me a favor, share it with a friend or a family member and pass the financial education along. I'll see you back here in a few days, my friend, for a new episode. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com, where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.